Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the iBear MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business. Expert insight into the world of business. Hello, this is Dick Drobnik, the director of the University of Southern California's iBear MBA program, uh, interviewing George Drysdale, the CEO, founder, president of Marsman Drysdale. Uh, a firm based in the Philippines, but throughout Southeast Asia. And we're doing this interview on the sidelines of the 30th annual Asia-Pacific Business Outlook Conference. Uh, George, welcome. Thank you. Terrific. Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I think I've come, I don't know, 15, 20 times. So I I love this conference. It's a great way to reconnect. And uh, thank you for including me in this. Well, we're delighted to have you at APBO, and it's fun personally to have you as a friend. Thank you. Uh, my, my background, uh, I was born in the Philippines, uh, grew up in the U.S., and I went to high school in the Philippines. Uh, undergraduate, went to Harvey Mudd College just down the road. Uh, I was an engineer, then law and business school at Stanford. Started off as a lawyer working for a big Wall Street firm. Uh, then got recruited to Hambrick & Quist, which is a venture capital firm up in uh, San Francisco. Became a partner there. Uh, took a sabbatical. What, what year was that when you did that? So 82 to 87. And then I took a sabbatical and did a program called a White House Fellowship. So that was the last year of Reagan. And then actually that's how I got into agriculture. So I worked with Dick Ling, who was the Secretary of Agriculture, as his uh, special assistant, and uh, decided to go into free market agriculture after that. And after that, I, I founded a leveraged buyout firm called Westar Capital, and then about 25 years ago went on my own. And so we've been building a company ever since. Our, our businesses are in agribusiness, food processing, communications, IT, tourism, and healthcare primarily. Is it more or less equally spread among those sectors, or <coughs> is there a core and then you've spread out to other things? Yeah, I think the largest business now is uh, agriculture, and uh, that's also free market agriculture. So uh, bananas is uh, our largest, go tropical fruits and vegetables. and. Uh, you know, do you com- I like do you being com- diversified. Do you compete with Dole? We do compete with Dole. Dole we're Chiquita's largest independent grower. We compete with Dole, Del Monte, you know, all the other companies. Uh, growing bananas is a very difficult business. Right? Uh, so number one, you're subject to the vagaries of weather. And uh, as all agriculture, but especially in bananas, because it's uh, uh, very water intensive and it's very people intensive. So uh, per hectare, we have about one and a half employees per uh, uh, hectare. So it's very, very people intensive. So unlike agriculture, for example, in the United States or Iowa, where you have combines that can harvest you know, a square mile at a time, as that same uh, farm in Iowa, you'd have to, that's let's say 640 hectares, which is their normal size. You may have maybe 500 employees in the Philippines. And they're uh, involved in all these manual operations, including uh, you know managing and spraying the bud, taking care of the plants, fertilizing, uh, harvesting, uh, packing. It's very, very labor intensive. Uh, to do that, we create communities. And um, we find it's very, very important to create a community of uh, mutual interest. And so we help provide housing, schooling, um, hospitals, Uh, communities, community services, we just consider that a win-win. There are problems in disease, and uh, bananas are uh, subject because they're a cultivar from one kind of original strain that uh, there's a disease called Panama disease, which is very virulent, 
the uh, solution to it is uh, basically quarantine. You know, in every area, it's almost like almost like a clean room. I mean, we uh, have everyone go through a foot bath. All the vehicles go through a foot bath. You have to fence it off. So it's very important to protect that that area. There, there's all sorts of environmental and other uh, protections we do to make sure that uh, you know what we're providing our consumers. In our largest market is Japan, and they're very uh, conscious of the the quality of the fruit that uh, we can deliver the best quality. To them, and uh, you know, deliver in a way that uh, you know they'll enjoy the product. Now, are you the only American in the group, or do you have a lot of Americans at the top of the group? Or how? we have one other American that's a, uh, that's a manager of one of the operating companies, but we have six thousand employees. And how, how many? I don't know. What do I call managing directors or managing partners or senior VPs? Do you have? So I've organized it on the on the kind of the private equity model. So basically, a very thin uh, headquarters operation, which maybe provides strategic uh, management, uh, treasury, uh, key functions, and then uh, operating companies that have autonomy. So uh, try and uh, select and empower, you know, good operating managers and then let them operate the operating businesses. So you're not looking for Hong Kong people to come in and manage your operations. You've got talent, homegrown yeah. talent. In the yeah, well, I think there's great managerial talent in the Philippines. Uh, from time to time, we'll bring in some uh, others, especially on consulting and other projects. I do have uh, one expat that's involved in our uh, medical operations, originally was in the uh, communication side, then moved over to run our healthcare operations. Um, but uh, quite frankly, there's such a, a good pool of talent in, in the Philippines and the advantage to having um, managers that are familiar with the culture, speak the language, uh, it's it just, I, I found uh, a very strong pool of talent in the Philippines. What are one, two, or three of your most important challenges? Well. Uh, the challenge is basically continuing to, to build businesses, to hire and uh, retain and empower the key uh, people to drive those. From time to time, we have uh, shocks uh, to the system, Some, most of them without our control. I mean, we've lived through the you know, financial crisis of the late 90s. We've lived through the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. Are there ongoing problems, ongoing challenges, and, and, and what are they, and, and how do you manage them? Uh, absolutely. So uh, my philosophy is to try and stay nimble, to have the very best people in our operations so that we can try and anticipate uh, different and changing business climates. I think uh, all businesses, are, and that's the advantage of being diversified, is that uh, when you run uh, a wholly owned family company, uh, I've got to look at it in terms of generational terms, not in uh, five to 10 year cycles, which for example, I looked at when I was in the private equity business. So I'm trying to look you know, 20 years down the, the pike and try and pick uh, businesses and opportunities that I think have legs for that time period. How much of your operation is outside of the Philippines? 5%, 10%? Well, so I uh, so same thing. I kind of have a uh, 
In the Philippines, the, what's called Marsman Drysdale Group, and that's almost all in the Philippines. Then also I have other investments as well, because I told you I was kind of private equity background. So I'm a owner of the, one of the owners of the San Francisco Giants. That's kind and of And you have fun. very good seats in your home plate that you, <laughs> you allowed my wife and I to use on opening day a few years ago. Well, hopefully you'll come again. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, baseball is a business, but it's also a passion and it's a public trust. And uh, our group uh, came together to buy the, the Giants when actually uh, the previous ownership group had decided to sell the team to a group from Tampa Bay, Florida. And so Major League Baseball wanted to keep the baseball in San Francisco and asked uh, the small group of people to join together and buy the team to keep it there. So that's how we look at the franchise, is that uh, this is a, a trust uh, for the city of, uh, of San Francisco, and we're all very passionate about baseball. Um, baseball is a business. I mean, we've done a lot to try and uh, develop the business aspects of it. I think we created a stadium experience that is uh, maybe second to none, uh, or at least among the very best ballparks in all of baseball. And then we work hard. I think we sold out now, I don't know, six, seven straight seasons every game. <clears throat> so we work very hard to create a, a customer experience that uh, you know, whether they're an avid fan or a peripheral fan enjoys coming to the ballpark and uh, the, the baseball experience. Okay, well then there's been a political change in the Philippines. Um, a, a new person has moved from being a mayor to being a president. And at least from the outside, it looks like he has different views on how things should be done inside the Philippines and, and what the Philippine-American relationship should be and what the Philippine-Chinese relationship could be. Could you talk about him and, and, and how the business environment is changing or might be changing or may not change at all? Yeah. So it's hard. To, I think it's a work in process. <clears throat> Quite frankly, uh, he came in with a big mandate. Uh, we're talking about uh, President uh, Rodrigo Duterte. He won 40 percent of the vote. The next closest was 25 percent. And uh, people wanted a strong leader and change. I think uh, his economic policies, he wanted to continue the, the progress of the last administration of the Philippines, which really led to 6 to 7 percent real growth per year and one of the highest in Asia. Uh, on the other hand, I think he's got some views in terms of the direction of the company and some, uh, the country and the issues they should address. And so hopefully he'll be successful in that. So I think uh, in the Philippines, there's a lot of wind at the back, which has to do with a very young population. Over half the population is under 23 years old. Uh, 105 million people, strategic location in Southeast Asia, and English-speaking. It's the third largest English-speaking nation in the world, which a lot of people uh, don't realize behind the U.S. and India, and actually, you know, much larger than Great Britain. And so there's, uh, and there's been whole new industries, including business process outsourcing, that have just come up in the last decade that didn't exist uh, back then because of the the Philippines advantages English speaking and a high service uh, culture. So hopefully that the, the government will continue to exploit the, those natural advantages of the Philippines and uh, continue the growth, the very rapid growth that's been present for the last several years. Is he going to create a, a economic partnership with China that will hurt the United States or hurt American businesses or 
uh, using China to invest in the Philippines, to build infrastructure in the Philippines, is going to help American businesses. I, I hope it's the latter. I, I mean, I think uh, the, the relations between the Philippines and China got tense uh, in the last uh, administration, and so he's uh, trying to broaden that, which I think could be to the Philippines' benefit. Uh, I'm not qualified to talk on any of those issues, so, so I can't, uh, but I'm hopeful that uh, you know, having trading partnerships with uh, the U.S., with China, with uh, Russia, with other countries that are in the orbit, and South, the rest of the Southeast Asian countries that are in the orbit of the Philippines will redound to all companies and people that are in the country. So you're not, you're not concerned about any loss of property rights um, for non-Filipino companies, no, no change in the kind of domestic economic or legal environment? Well, I'm, I'm concerned about that, and uh, that needs to, uh, you know, be protected. So we're trying to educate the, um, the current administration in, in the Philippines that uh, these rights should be respected, and that's in the long-term in, interest of the Philippines uh, to encourage foreign investment, to encourage investment in agriculture, to uh, encourage the development, especially in rural areas, of uh, investments that will redound to the benefit of the Philippine people. Switching to President Trump, so there's a change in administration here, and it, at least with the rhetoric, there's perhaps a change in trade policy here. Do you think that this will have any effect on the business environment uh, in the Philippines, or more broadly in, in, in Asia? that will make it more difficult for American firms to, to export and to invest in, in the Asian markets. I'm asking this question because yeah. you've been president of the American Chamber of Commerce in the Philippines and you've been president of the overall uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, for all AmCham's in Asia. Yeah, APCAC. Yeah, so my uh, personal view is that uh, the Trump administration is pro-business and that uh, their general policies, which are gonna to lead to a reduction in the amount of regulation and lowering the tax rates, those are gonna be very positive for the business environment. Uh, I think- uh, Inside the United States. Inside the United States, and I think for American companies operating everywhere. I mean, I think, uh, quite frankly, they need to figure out ways to have uh, companies repatriate their capital, right? The, the tax system of the United States is one of the highest uh, corporate tax rates in the world. And if you can redress that, uh, that will, uh, like I say, be to the advantage of not only companies in the U.S., but, but all over. Um, in terms of trade policy, I think um, uh, I would encourage uh, the administration and others to build on the progress that's been made. I know the focus is on bilateral, and uh, that could be a great way to go. And so hopefully that uh, that, that will happen. I think the, the U.S., uh, uh, is kind of rethinking their whole trade policy. And so same thing, I'm not qualified to talk on those issues. But I think a strong uh, United States with a booming economy will redound to the benefit of all of its trading partners. I would agree with you. I'm not sure the policies that are being discussed in Washington will lead to a strong U.S. economy, but that's a question we will see. And I, I certainly hope it does, but we'll see what comes out of that. Do you have any more insight that you would like to provide to the IBEAR podcast series before we close? Well, I mean, in my view, there's no easy business. I don't know one easy business. If there is, tell me about it <laughs> so I can at least diversify into that. But um, I don't know. I think uh, the best is to find businesses you like, that are passionate about, that you uh, care, and you think you can make a difference. Business class. 
expert insight into the world of business. The host is Dick Drobnik, producer Pankaj Bhushan, director Dan Griffin, web developer Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite. <laughs>